Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from John 14, 15 through 20, and 14, 25 through 27. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, spring is here in spite of the weather this morning. Spring is here, and I love springtime, don't you? It's one of my favorite times of the year. And I'm a sports fan, so I like the spring sports. You know, baseball season just started, and I'm excited about that. And this weekend is the Masters one of the best golf tournaments around. And my favorite golfer is a guy named Jordan Spieth. And uh, he's currently leading in the Masters this weekend. He's hit by one stroke, three under par. And I'm going to be rooting for him this afternoon. Hope he wins. He won last year, by the way. He was a, a Masters champ last year. He also won the U.S. Open. He is recognized as one of the best golfers in the world. Chances are some of you here, if you're a golf fan, you've heard of Jordan Spieth. But have you ever heard of Cameron McCormick? Cameron, or Cam as he is known, is Jordan's golf coach. He is the one, according to Jordan, who is responsible for Jordan elevating his game to the place where now he's one of the greatest golfers in the world. Jordan says, I wouldn't be the golfer I am today if it wasn't for my coach, Cam McCormick. Maybe that's why Cam McCormick last year was voted as the coach of the year in the PGA. You know, when I was reading an article about uh, Cam and his relationship with Jordan and other golfers who he's coached, I kind of wondered to myself, why does somebody like Jordan Spieth, one of the greatest golfers in the world, why would somebody like that need a coach? I mean, he's the best there is. What can a coach teach him? Why, why isn't Jordan just coaching everybody else? And then as I began to read and as I began to reflect, I, I realized, you know what, all of the great athletes have coaches. As good as they are, they know they can get even better. And they know that a coach can help them get better. And that's not just true in athletes. That's not just true of sports teams. That's true of everybody in every walk of life. The very best in every arena of life relies on the help, the assistance, the guidance, the instruction of a coach. I played a lot of baseball growing up in high school and even when I was younger. And uh, I've played baseball for a lot of different coaches. And it's true what they say. A coach cannot go out on the field and play for the players. But a good coach can instruct and prepare the players, get them into a situation where they can perform in a way that allows them to experience victory. In fact, it turns out that every player, every team, needs a coach. So welcome to a new series we're launching today called 
every player needs a coach. And it's a series, not about sports. It's a series about the role and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life. And we're kind of using sports as a metaphor, as an analogy, right? If, if uh, living life is like playing a game, then Christians are like athletes, players, and the church is a team, and the coach is not the pastor. The coach is the Holy Spirit. The pastor is more like the equipment manager. But, but here's the point. The message of the Bible is clear for you and for me. If we want to experience the life that God has for us, if we want to become the people God intends for us to be, if we want to have the joy, the peace, the stuff we read about in the Bible that God has promised us, we need a coach, and God has given us that coach, and that coach is the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. And he used a variety of words to describe the Holy Spirit. Words like advocate, counselor, helper. In today's scripture lesson, he uses the word advocate, or in some translations, helper. It comes from the Greek word parakletos, not parafritos, parakletos. And it's a Greek word that means, it describes someone who comes alongside of you to guide you and help you and instruct you, sort of like a mentor or a teacher or a helper or a coach. But this is no ordinary coach. This is the Spirit of Almighty God, not just to come alongside of us, but to dwell within us, to be our spiritual coach. See, Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins and erase the mistakes of our past. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us so God can continue the work in us to give us a whole new future. We say it around here all the time. We're not just saved from something. We're saved for something, right? Jesus dying on the cross saves us from something. The Holy Spirit dwelling in us saves us for something. The work that God wants to do in your life and in my life. The point is God loves you and me just where we are. But He loves us too much to keep us there. He wants to move us, progress us, grow us up, mature us, develop us into the people we were meant to be. Ruth Graham, uh, the wife of Billy Graham, passed away a few years ago. But before she died, she instructed uh, what was to be put on her tombstone. Uh, There was a time in her life when she and Billy were were traveling through North Carolina by car, and they came across a, a, a place where they were doing a lot of work on the highway, and they had to kind of weave their way through the, the construction. And they finally got through all of that. And then there was a sign that said, end of construction, thanks for your patience. And that's what Ruth put on her gravestone. End of construction, thanks for your patience. There's great truth in that, friends. As long as you and I are alive, we are under construction. God is working us, developing us, shaping us, molding us into the people we are meant to be. And He does that through the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, my hope is that when we finish this series that we're launching today, in a few weeks when we finish, you and I will have not only had a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in us, but we'll also have entered into a process through which we're better able to listen to and respond to the Holy Spirit within us. See, God sent Jesus to give us eternal life. But God sent the Holy Spirit to help us with our internal life. Because what's going on inside of us eventually makes its way into our relationships, our circumstances, in our world. 
God has plenty of good work in store for you and me to do, and I hope you'll join me. I hope we'll be serious students in the weeks ahead to try to understand the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So let's bow our heads and pray as we get started. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we pray this morning that you would work through your word and that by the power of your word and by our open hearts, we might hear and receive and understand what it means to be your people. Lord God, please work in us, work through us. We pray that in Jesus' name and all God's people said. All right, if you brought your Bible this morning, and by the way, we're encouraging folks now to bring their Bibles. We want to be the kind of church where people bring their Bibles to church so I encourage you to do that. Hey, if you have a cell phone, by the way, they have this app called the Version app where you can actually have the Bible on your cell phone. And if you want to do that, you're welcome to, to do that. But uh, this is the only time you're allowed to have your cell phone out while you're with us. But uh, but if you can, bring a Bible when you come to church and follow along with us. We're uh, Today we're going to be in John's Gospel, chapter 14. And we're going to just get sort of a basic overview of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's all about. And... Uh, this, uh, this portion we're reading today that was also read to us is part of a much larger conversation Jesus is having with his disciples. Jesus has been with his disciples for about three years. He's uh, been in ministry with them and he's been teaching them, training them, deploying them, giving them opportunities to, to be in ministry and experience his wisdom and his power and his goodness. And now Jesus is anticipating the fact that he's going to go to the cross in a very uh, short time and die for the sins of the world. And then he's going to be raised from the dead. And then after he's raised from the dead, he'll be with his disciples in his resurrection form for about 40 days. And then he's going up to heaven to be with the Father. And he's trying to prepare his disciples for what's to come. And he's explaining to them how they can get ready. I love what he says here. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. He wants them to know, even though he's going, they won't be without a spiritual presence in their lives. Look at verses 16 and 17 of chapter 14, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. Or it may say advocate, depending on your Bible translation. That's that word parakletos that we talked about. I will ask the Father, he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. Now, if you have your own Bible, circle the word counselor or advocate and circle that word spirit. Because it means the same thing. The Holy Spirit, the parakletos is our counselor, our guide, our mentor, our coach. And the idea here is that this is the spiritual presence of Almighty God dwelling within us. Jesus says later, He says, uh, you know the Spirit because the Spirit is with you and will be in you. So what Jesus is saying to His disciples is, I've been with you for three years. The Spirit inside of me has been with you. Now the Spirit inside of me is going to be in you. In other words... You've had me beside you, now you're going to have me inside you when the Spirit comes. And the Spirit is going to be my Spirit dwelling within you to help you become the people you were meant to be. And he says, it's for your benefit that I go, because when I go, the Father will bring the Spirit. And when you read on in the book of Acts, you see that the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples, and then... As the disciples begin to proclaim the good news of Jesus and other people accept Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into them and the church is born. Now, a couple of things we ought to note about the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is not some kind of impersonal cosmic force. Right? The Holy Spirit is a spiritual person with a 
personality with thoughts and ideas and intentions. We have a personal God, don't we? A God, we, our God is not some ethereal life force. Our God is a person. Notice when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. He doesn't use the word it. He uses the word he and him. It's not that, that the Holy Spirit is a man. It's that the Holy Spirit is a person. The same Spirit who was in the Father, the same Spirit in the Son is now going to be in believers, in you and me. And it's through that Holy Spirit that we are joined to God the Father and Jesus the Son. See, that's why Jesus says, I will be in you, you will be in me. I know that's... Hey, is this difficult to understand? Absolutely. Because we're talking about spiritual mystery here. And here's what you need to know about spiritual mystery. Spiritual mystery is not illogical, but it is beyond the bounds of human logic. We, we can't fully comprehend it. The, the Bible tells us that, that God's ways are not our ways. We can't fully understand what, what God is doing. We, we do the best we can. Christianity is not anti-intellectual. We're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But there are times in our walk with the Lord that we get to these places where we can't fully understand intellectually. And when it comes to how the Holy Spirit is in us and Jesus is in us and God is in us and we're in God, that can be kind of hard to understand, can't it? But we dare not let what we can't fully understand prevent us from experiencing what God wants us to experience. Amen? Because here's the deal. There's two types of understanding. There's mental, logical, intellectual understanding. And then there's experiential understanding. And when it comes to understanding how the Holy Spirit can be in you and in me and we're in God, that is something we experience and begin to understand as a result of our experience. This is what Jesus is getting at when he says, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. This is what Jesus means when, when he's saying, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And if you open the door and let me in, my Father and I will dwell with you. Now what the heck does that mean? How does, how does Jesus enter into this fist-sized organ pumping blood in my chest? That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's using metaphorical language to describe or explain a spiritual reality that we can't fully understand, but we can come to experience. And yet at the same time, even though we can't fully understand it, there is something within us that knows there are spiritual realities all around us we can't fully understand. We see this in literature and in art and in, and in music and in movies that often allude to the spiritual. Remember the Star Wars movies? Star Wars, they had this thing called what? The Force, right? Star Wars, that, that, that great trilogy, actually it's more than, how many, it's like six of these movies now? It's an ongoing story about a spiritual battle between good and evil and the Force is this spirit, this unseen spirit. And, and it can be used for good, right? By the, the Jedi Knights who take the, the force and use it for good. They let the force work in them and through them to do good. But it can also, it has a dark side and the Sith Lords use it, you know, for evil purposes. See, we recognize there's spiritual reality all around us, but, but this is where it's not quite the same as the Holy Spirit. For one thing, in the movies, the force is just this impersonal, nebulous, spiritual power. In, in reality, the Holy Spirit is a person. We've already, already talked about that. But also, there's no dark side to the Holy Spirit. 
There's no dark side. There, there are, now, there are spiritual forces of evil and wickedness, the Bible says, but the Holy Spirit is a holy spirit. There's no evil or dark side to the Spirit. But, like the force, if we want the Holy Spirit's power and goodness working in us, we have to rely upon that power. We have to learn to receive it and, and let it flow through us and guide us. And that's why the Bible uses descriptive terms like yielding to the Spirit, being baptized in the Spirit, being anointed in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. We're, we're, we're learning to use the Spirit and let the Spirit use us to do God's work in our lives and in our world. I think it was the second Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back, came out in 1980. There was a particular scene in that movie where Luke Skywalker crashes his X-wing fighter plane into the, the swamps of Dagobah. Remember that? And, 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 and he goes there to meet Yoda. And so he meets Yoda, and Yoda tells him, well, hey, get your plane out of the swamp. And Luke doesn't know how to do that. And Yoda says, you've got the power, use your power. And Luke doesn't understand, and he tries, and he tries, and he can't get the plane out. And then Yoda tries to explain to him, look, there's this, there's this power available to you that can let you do great things. And, and you remember Luke's response? He says, I can't believe it. And then Yoda says to him, that is why you fail. Friends, when it comes to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't fully comprehend it, but we can experience it. And the beginning place to experience it in your life and my life is to believe that our loving Heavenly Father has given us a coach to help us experience the life and grow in the life that He has for us. Amen? So, so what exactly is the Holy Spirit trying to do in your life and in my life? If we've got this coach, what, are the, what, are, what is the coach trying to do? Well, the, the coach is trying to help us grow up. Look at uh, verse 26 of today's Scripture lesson. Again, in John uh, 14, verse 26. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So circle those two words, teach and remind. That's one of the major ministries of the Holy Spirit in your life, to teach us and remind us. And really the reminding is part of the teaching, isn't it? Teaching is when you offer instruction, and reminding is when you reinforce that instruction. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us the truth about God and about life and about relationships and about who we are and who we can be. And then he wants to reinforce that by reminding us as we live out our lives. We need to be reminded a lot. Parents, parents with children, don't you know you have to remind your kids a lot of stuff you've already told them? You've already taught them, right? Yeah, over and over again, as part of being a parent, over and over again, we remind them of what we've told them. Clean your room. Do your homework. Brush your teeth. Stop poking the cat with a fork. All kinds of things. Say please and thank you. All kinds of basic types of instruction. I, you know, my, my father's uh, passed away 25 years ago, but I can still remember things he said to me over and over and over again when I was uh, a kid and when I was a teenager. I had a curfew of 12 midnight when I was a teenager. Because my father would say over and over again, because I'd always try to push that curfew. You know what he always say? Nothing good happens after midnight. You be in this house. Because nothing good happens. You know, he's probably right about that. The other thing he used to always say to me, he'd say, you mess with the bull, you're going to get the horn. And that was his way of telling me, hey, actions have consequences. 
Choices bring about responses. And if you're going to make foolish choices, you're going to experience the pain of those choices. You mess with the bull, you get the horn. Now, he said that over and over and over again because I was a slow learner. But it was to teach me. And, and still today, every now and then, I find myself, you know what? You mess with the bull, you're going to get the horn. The Holy Spirit works that way in our life to teach us the truth because repetition is the mother of skill. You and I haven't really learned truth till we're actually living it out in our life. Until we start actually putting it into practice, it's just theory in our brain. And so the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and impresses its truth on our hearts and then reminds us of that truth as we live out our lives. Friends, this is why it's so important you and I get in the Scriptures on a regular basis. This is why we're told to meditate upon the Scriptures and dwell upon it and study it and learn it because that's the raw material the Holy Spirit will use then to instruct us and remind us. And I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded a lot. I know. I know that the Bible says I should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I know that. But I need to be reminded when somebody ticks me off. I know that I'm supposed to live a life of the utmost integrity and be very honest and never lie and and that God holds me to a higher standard than the world will ever hold me to. I know that. But I need to be reminded when I'm filling out my tax forms. I know, I know that the Word of God is a source of life and spiritual nourishment and I'm supposed to be in the Word daily. I know that. But I need to be reminded when the TV remote control is in my hand and I haven't had my quiet time during the day and I just feel like vegging out. I know it's important to gather with the the people of God on the Sabbath day to worship God in spirit and truth, to to remind myself of who I am and let the Spirit minister to me in, in the context of public worship. I know that. But I need to be reminded on Sunday morning when i got a million other things to do and all kinds of options and my kids have lots of options too. And I'm trying to teach them, right? See, it's being reminded. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to instruct and remind, to be our coach. But it's not just to instruct and remind us. The Holy Spirit has another very important ministry, and that's to empower us, to empower us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Holy Spirit, uh, we're told by Jesus, he's talking to his disciples, he says, you will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. The Spirit brings us not just truth, but power to live out that truth. Paul says to Timothy, God has not given us a timid spirit, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline or self-control. Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, the, the power of the Spirit will allow you to use gifts, talents, skills, and abilities to serve your brothers and sisters within the church and in the community. In Galatians, it says this, the Spirit empowers us to overcome the temptations of the flesh. It also says the Spirit wants to develop qualities in you and me, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. See, whether we're talking about resisting temptation, or whether we're talking about developing our gifts and abilities to serve God and serve others, whether we're talking about the, uh, allowing the Spirit to develop quality characteristics in us, like like love, joy, peace, patience, whatever it is, the Spirit wants to empower us to do the work that God has called us to do and be the people God has called us to be. So that's the goal of the Holy Spirit, to teach and remind us and to empower us. And we have to do our part. We have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. 
receiving the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, yielding to the Holy Spirit. And that's something we learn gradually over time. And that's something we're going to explore together over the next several weeks. See, it's not just about getting Jesus to give you eternal life. It's about letting the Holy Spirit manage your internal life and develop you into the person you were meant to be. And so as we go through this study, some of you are going to discover some things. There may be a few of you here today. I don't think many, but there may be a few of you here today. You realize, I don't even have the Holy Spirit. I've got this kind of vague belief in God or this vague religious idea that there's a God and, and you know, I should be a nice person, but I don't have the Holy Spirit inside of me as the presence of God in my life. Some of you might discover that. But my guess is that if you're like me, a lot of us are going to discover something else. Not that we don't have the Holy Spirit, but that we have the Holy Spirit, but we're not fully yielded. That, that we tend to, in our flesh, we tend to stifle and neglect and ignore what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our lives. Maybe because we don't really believe that the life that God has for us in the Spirit is better than the life we have in the flesh. And then I think of Yoda. If you do not believe, that is why you fail. Well, you and I have got to come to the place where we are confident enough in the power of the Holy Spirit to give us the kind of life that's better than the life we live on our own, on our own power, on our own wisdom, on our own seem. We've got to be able to yield to the Spirit, listen to the Spirit, and follow the Spirit where the Spirit leads because our biggest problem, most of us, is not that we don't have the Spirit. We just haven't learned yet to cooperate with our coach. William Randolph Hearst was, uh, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, a very successful newspaper and magazine publisher, multi-multi-millionaire, amassed a huge fortune. And because he was so rich, he was also a, uh, a patron of the arts. He loved arts, and uh, he co- had a huge art collection. And uh, he could buy just about any piece of art he wanted. And, and one day he was reading about a painting that he wanted to have. He wanted it in his collection. But the article in describing the beauty of the painting also said that it it was out of circulation. Nobody knew where it was. They couldn't locate the owner or what happened to the painting. So William Randolph Hearst hired an agent who specialized in locating pieces of art and then purchasing them for wealthy patrons. And he gave this uh, art agent uh, the opportunity to try, said, travel wherever you got to travel, spend whatever you got to spend, but get me that painting. And so the agent spent several weeks traveling different countries, talking to different people, doing his best to piece the clues together to figure out whatever happened to this painting. Where was it? Finally, he found it. He contacted William Hearst and said, I found the painting you're looking for. And Hearst says, how much is it going to cost me to buy it? And the agent said, it's not going to cost you anything. I found the painting in a crate in a warehouse that you own. It turns out William Randolph Hearst had actually purchased that painting over a dozen years earlier and had it delivered to one of his warehouses during a particularly busy time in his career and he forgot all about it. He had this valuable painting that he really wanted and didn't even know it. Didn't even take it out of the crate. Perhaps during this study of the Holy Spirit, we'll discover that God has given us something incredibly beautiful and valuable. But that something isn't a something, it's a someone. 
It's our coach, the Holy Spirit, our mentor, our teacher, our guide, meant to teach and remind us and empower us to be the people we're meant to be and experience the life we're meant to experience. Where God guides, God provides. God is trying to guide you and me to a certain kind of life. And God has provided the coach we need to get to that life. We've got to learn to cooperate with our coach. Let him do the work he came to do. Let's experience the life God has for us and let's become the champions we were meant to be.